Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. My name is Daniel Bennett. I'm pastor at Bethany Community Church. Join me in the studio are Art Georges from Living Hope Community Church and Rich Burkle from Bethany Baptist Church. And also joining all of us in the studio are some some teens asking us some questions. We're in the middle of a, well, we called the series uh, Questions Teens Ask, but it could also be called Teens Trying to Stump Pastors. <laughs> These have been some really tough questions, and uh, but they've, they've been good and provoked, I think, some good conversation. So I think Wesley, we introduced Wesley a couple sessions ago. Uh, I think Wesley Phillips is going to ask our, our first question. So my question is, God said that at the end of everything, um, he would make a new heaven and a new earth. So my question is, what's the point of a new earth? What is the point of, and what now, uh, you were at, you were at camp yes, yeah. and we kind of talked, is that one of the things that kind of got you thinking about this or? Well, when you asked me to do this, um, I just kind of thought questions. So yeah. yep. That's one of the questions I thought of. That's a, that's a great question. Well, what do you guys think? What, why? There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot behind that question too. So, what are some ways to begin thinking about how to think about the new earth? Yeah. Well, um, initially, when we look at the creation narrative in Genesis chapters one and two, um, we see that God created the heavens and the earth and all they contain, and He declared them good. So we know that um, He was pleased with uh, the creation as He had devised it in the beginning. Um, And so uh, we could say that this is a good fitting for us. And because of sin, uh, uh, all of uh, creation is groaning in the uh, pains of the sin and looking forward to being uh, basically released from the curse. And God will do that in the age to come, and he will give us a new heaven and a new earth to exist in. And so we go back to God's definition that what he did in the beginning was good, and so he will renew that for us. Um, so it, it starts with a, the answer starts with an underlying um, belief that uh, how God began was good, and he wants to redo it in a, in a better way, in a sense. Yeah, this is a, a doctrinal question, but it has some incredible practical importance to our lives. Second uh, Peter is a, a book that talks much about the new heaven and the new earth. And uh, so uh, in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10, uh, God says, but, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. That think of the incredible hmm. power of God unleashed to 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 bring about a a dissolution of this present world. And so, one practical aspect is uh, of this is that everything that we see is going to be is going to burn. You know, let's not hold on to things anything closely or dearly. Uh, some things uh, decay really rapidly. I, when I go by a uh, 
um, a junkyard, I think, of these cars that not too long ago, maybe 20 years ago, um, were prized and precious people. Somebody brought that thing home and was the, this was the most significant thing in their life and it, a little ex- scratch. Except for the Ford Pinto. I'm yeah. not sure anyone really <laughs> rejoiced in it, but they could afford it. We had a Maverick, and okay. so we, my dad loved We had a Maverick. Gremlin, and we loved it. <laughs> However, when it, when it uh, went to the junkyard, nobody was was mourning over it, right? <laughs> but so, so yeah, everything we see is going to be uh, burned by fire, is what the Scripture says. And, of course, uh, that's a judgment of God upon the earth. And so judgment must come. So everything that's been affected by sin must be purified. And fire is the means by which God's going to purify the earth and the heavens at the end of the time. Then it goes on to say, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? That God wants us to think about the question you're asking. He wants us to think that everything I see is going to be dissolved, so what kind of person should I be? He goes on says, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And that idea of waiting there is not just sort of um, waiting with a, uh, with a sort of a passive view, but waiting with an eager expectation, like a, a bride is waiting for her wedding day with an with a enthusiastic focus upon that future day. And it says, Therefore, beloved, and here's the application, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our brother Paul also wrote to you concerning the wisdom given him. So um, the idea is that, that uh, this... This question should should drive us to an application in which we desire and long to be holy and without blemish and ready for the day in which Jesus returns. One of the I, I think one of the the great uh, uh, weaknesses of the modern day church is a complete uh, removal of a focus upon the second coming of God when these things are going to take place. And uh, the Bethany Fellowship of Churches, we've decided to have a prophecy conference in the end of October and, and moving into November because we, we feel like this is such an important biblical theme and it has such a practical value in motivating us to live a different kind of life. Mm, that's good. Yeah, and we think about what's said in Revelation. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband. And then what goes along with that, um, and he will wipe every tear from their eye, and there will be no longer any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And, and you know, as we think about that new heaven and new earth, we think about the joy that we'll actually experience, you know, when you get sick or if you've. Uh, dealt with any uh, deep grief or loss and mourning. You think about that age when all things will be set uh, new, and uh, that feeds into what Pastor Rich is talking about at the end of Second Peter there and how we long for that. And, and we long for this new creation that God has 
made that we can explore and explore with joy and know him better um, exist within. And, and uh, I myself am not sure that all of our um, joys in this life will not be present in that life. I think, again, I'm going to be running. I'll be running better than I ever have in this life, I hope. So I don't know why, but I'm excited about that. You're a pretty good runner now, too. Well, so. I've lost it all. It's gone, man. I can't. I'm going to be able to do one arm push ups. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, as we think about this uh, earth that's passing away and the new earth, do you think this is a new earth in the sense that God says, let there be and creates it out of nothing? Or does God refashion the old earth? And is there anything importance to. Uh, if if that's the case, any importance to God taking the old that's been d- dissolved and fashioning it into something new? I'm n- I'm not I'm not sure if I if I understand. What, are you saying does He destroy it, but then use the same elements to to refashion yes, it? Right, or does it, it destroy and just is obliterated, annihilated, no more? And, and then He just starts something new with let there be light, just as He as He created the new as created the present earth. I don't know. I think that uh, as I think about what Romans 8 says, the creation is waiting to be liberated. So mm-hmm. I think that he would take the original and renew yeah. it. And I think it's very much like our own bodies, that he like a that, that there's a continuity there. Even though the continuity is not – is the quite a bit different. atoms. It's quite a bit different, yeah. <laughs> right? Yet God doesn't create a new body for us out of nothing. He uses the old to fashion new. And so, Wesley, one of, one of the answers to that question is while there's judgment – that sin never destroys anything that God creates, um, that God always restores that which, which uh, sin had, had uh, entered and brought corruption. And, and so uh, these physical bodies of ours were intended by God to live uh, with him. If Adam had sinned, that they wouldn't have, have grown old. God's going to take, take this old body of ours and redeem it, and bring a new body which lives forever, and I think that's what he's going to do with with this heaven earth. That's why I think he calls it the new heaven, the new earth, because it, it it's uh it's still there's some continuity with with what had, uh, God had did in his first creation. Mm. Yeah, and I think that that helps us be excited because that's that's kind of the application of your question. I think Wesley is um, the reason it's a new earth or one of the reasons that it's it, that God tells us it's a new earth is so that we'll be excited about it. Because sometimes when I thought about just a spiritual existence in heaven and I kind of pictured it in that, that way in my mind, it wasn't all that exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that it's a new earth, not just this, you know, spiritual plane in which we're going to exist, that there's, you know, as, as, as Rich said, continuity with our present earth. We don't know exactly what that continuity will look like. Uh, will it mean that we're literally running, or will there be other physical things that we do in a different way, in a different plane? I don't think we totally know the answer to that, but we know it's a new earth. There's, we're still physical physical creatures and living in a physical world, and that's exciting. Well, Colin is with us again also, and uh, Colin has uh, an easy question for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you think. No, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. That's what I hope. That's, that's what you hope. I'm hoping in two things. That's right. Well, Return I'll, of Christ, heaven, and... Three things and an easy question. Well, I'm kind of going to just switch over gears a little bit and bring it uh, a little bit to the media and how we approach that. And so one of my questions is, um, is watching spiritual horror movies unhealthy for a believer to do that? Okay. And what what kind what is are there any examples of that that you're thinking of? Um, yeah. Uh, specifically, I don't, you know, names like uh, The Conjuring. That's a movie that 
um, specifically is made about based on a true story about somebody who is um, possessed. Um, and then there are just people that come in and do exorcisms and things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure like how to, how to think through that. Cause there's a, there's a sense in which I like, they freak me out. So I don't really like to watch them. Yeah. Um, but there's a sense in which is it unhealthy to, um, to dwell on that kind of, uh, stuff that the, the Bible doesn't actually expound on itself. Mm-hmm. Um, where we as, as humans think that we, uh, maybe have the right to do that or, try and make that entertaining yeah uh, is heaven for real is that a spiritual horror movie no my mom actually brought that movie up i haven't seen it but. Oh, yeah. that's another question we could deal with all right maybe yeah. maybe Collins can bring he's alive that question again to the little us. boy's alive well very seldom when we um think about those subjects are we going to get hollywood to approach the subject from a biblical perspective and so um they are going to confuse the watcher even um, in the nature of the spirit world um, we talk about ghosts and generally we think of ghosts of departed individuals but we know biblically that those who die are either confined in a place called hell or heaven and so what we would think of as paranormal activity would have to be explained biblically as spirit demonic spirit um, activity and and even um, some uh, heavenly or angelic uh, spirit activity. Uh, we see that activity in the book of Daniel as the demonic angelic realm is wrestling with the heavenly angelic realm in answer to Daniel's prayer. And so um, what those movies have a tendency to do is to confuse the watcher uh, with the realities, the truth. And um, so we get all sorts of ideas that you know, hey, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch your lips every morning um, that you wake up when I die, so I'll never be away from you. No, you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, um, things like that that um, Hollywood tends to confuse. You know, I've heard people say, "Don't worry, when I die, I'll always be there. I'll be watching over you." You know, let's talk biblically, and it gets even worse when you go to the horror realm, right? Yeah, so there are two parts to your question. One is uh, how close should we get to these kinds of elements of spiritism, Um, whether it's fortune-telling, whether it's uh, connecting with spirits, whether it's, you know, a modern, the sort of some modern, more fantastical uh, expressions of that kind of thing would be zombies and and vampires. Those, Those seem to be huge themes in movies today. Um, so one is how close should we get to those kinds of things, period. And the second is, uh, particularly in, in relationship to the medium of movies or film. So, um, first, maybe I'd be interested in hearing without you naming names, but just describing what you see is the Christian youth culture regarding movies. Cause that's sort of a separate issue. Uh, if, if we agree that we shouldn't get close to sin, uh, then it applies not just to this issue regarding movies, applies not just to spiritist-type movies, horror-type movies, but also movies that relate to violence or sexual um, sexual impurity. So talk to me so, about your – you observe Christians, and we want to just uh, relegate our, our thoughts uh, regarding this question to you, Colin, to Christians that you know and respect. And, and their views of, of movies and standards and, and how they think about film. 
Sure. Well, I, I think uh, especially something that the media does is they, they always there's always an underlining worldview to every to every movie, to every uh, media thing that's put mm-hmm. out there. And so I think as Christians, we have to be careful in approaching those um, with with the right thought process before we go in and just saying, oh, I'm going to just watch it as entertainment yeah. and it's going to fill me up with, uh, you know, whatever thoughts are going to be a part of the media. Um, so in, in, in that respect, I think we have to be careful going in sure. uh, to watch movies or whatever entertainment-wise. But at the same time, I think so often, um, and I've, I've seen this around me, is that we just don't care. Okay. Um, what the media has to say, um, you know, it's it's. I think there's a sense in which, especially Christian teens, we kind of forget our um, our responsibility uh, to be, you know, biblical to be biblical and to be and uh, our godliness in the sense in which we go and see movies that we just don't think about, you know, rated yeah. PG thirteen, rated R. What is it for? I don't know. I'm just going to go watch it, and it's just a movie, so it's not going to hurt me. So I think there's a sense in which sometimes we'll fill we'll fill our minds with those kind of things without thinking about it without mm-hmm. understanding that it actually is uh, unhealthy and it doesn't lead to a, a right perspective or sanctification uh, through Christ. Um, and so I think there is a sense in which entertainment's a good thing, that God gives us entertainment, but at the same time, um, I think from a Christian a Christian teen perspective, I think there are so many um, teens that um, ignore the aspect of what, is, what does the media do to me mm-hmm. and how do I relate to that um, biblically. So what, what do you think motivates teens to go to those movies and what might— Help them. What 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 do you think the church could do? Is there anything, or are they going to say, "I'm going to these movies because I want to," and I'm not, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think um, I think some of the reasons. Uh, one reason they just go to them is they say that I don't care what it's I don't care what it's about. I'm just going to because it it satisfies my own desires. You know, it, it momentarily gives me thoughts or um, you know desires that I know maybe aren't quite right but it's just it's just entertainment for the mm-hmm. moment so it'll mm-hmm. it'll be okay it's exciting scary um, yeah, yeah ex- exactly exciting scary and um, we just don't have a, a future vision for what maybe that's gonna um, uh, lead to look like in our hearts and in our lives uh, and so as far as as far as what the church can do I don't know I guess kind of the that's kind of the answer that I'm looking for too um, as well today is is how mm-hmm. do we kind of avoid that that yep. thinking within the media Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So the the um, I guess we've been talking about a biblical worldview, and and there is a way to uh, communicate that, for instance, uh, spiritism exists, and yet communicate in a way that that uh, connects with God's God's uh, perspective or view of of these matters. So, for instance, you could do a a, a film about Saul and his life, and have a scene in which he's consulting this medium. And yet, if if you're able to do that with a view that others would see, this is not glorifying this evil. It is not also showing that this evil is greater than God, but that this evil is um, under God's authority and will be used by God and ultimately judged by God. Then you can show scenes, but there's uh, of that kind of thing, and and still, I think, be within the realm of of a Christian purpose for watching the film. Mm-hmm. But as Pastor Art said, I, that happens so infrequently. Daniel, you're going to say something here. I was, <laughs> but you covered it pretty well. <laughs> so um, Art's giving me a hand signal about time here, and he's right. Um, it, it's interesting you preface the question with with the word spiritual uh, horror films. And so the, the question is, uh, why would you go to those movies? And and I, I, I'm uncomfortable drawing real firm lines on, on, on genres of films especially 
But I would say Rich has touched on the idea of motivation. And, and uh, Isaiah 8, 19, I think is a verse that I was joking about the movie Heaven is for Real, but it, it does it does apply to both the spiritual horror films and a, and a film like Heaven is for Real in my mind. Uh, Isaiah 8, 19, when they say to you, consult the medium and the spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a person should not a people consult their God? Mm. Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? And and so the the basic idea there is God wants us to go to Him to find out about life after death and, mm-hmm. and those issues. Well, again, two great questions, and uh, thanks. And for, I know our time's running, but I want to make one more comment. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Go ahead. <laughs> but because I think this que- this issue is a really important one for teens to think about generally. Um, Whatever it means to be holy, it, it, it at bare minimum means that you're going to be radically different from mm. your peers in this world. And um, you know, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter six, it talks. You know, God talks about how we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And then um, he he he's quoting the Old Testament. He says, "I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people." Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, from the, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will welcome you. Uh, and I will be a father to you, and you'll be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So as, as a teenager who wants to honor Christ, whatever application that is, it means something really hard, mm. really significant, and really visible. And uh, I think that's uh, that's a big part of, of the answers to the, these kind of questions. That's great. Sorry, Daniel. Nope, that's good. Good time well spent there. Thanks, Rich. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Art. And uh, hope hope you guys all revive your drive well today. <laughs>